Say hello to The Last Dinosaur, Adult Swim reveals all, and Cat Dog has it both ways, this week on 30-20-10. Welcome everyone to 30-20-10, the internet's pop culture time machine taking you back into the week that was 30 20 and 10 years ago. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Uh, I brought down the British monarchy, Diana Goodman. Holy crap, it seems like Diana has some news for us. Well, someone like me. And I have a bunch of cartoon-heavy stuff, and I, I want to say this might be the week of the most, the dullest movies, but the most wonderfully stupid television, and we're going to get <laughs> into all of that. If you don't know what we do, 302010 looks at a single week. This week will be March 30th through April 5th, 1988, 1988. 1988, 1998, and 2008. You get it? Dirty 2010. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. We got some big movies, some stupid TV, and some wonderful music to talk about. So sit right there. We are sitting right here in 1988, March 30th through April 5th, to help introduce you to the world that was uh, what just happened in the news, Diana. Oh, boy. It's such an exciting time to be a Democrat (laughs) because (gasps) I can't believe it. Governor of Massachusetts Michael Dukakis has locked up the Democratic presidential nomination, <laughs> facing off against Vice President George Bush. We don't call him HW yet, yeah. because you don't have to differentiate, because he's just George Bush. Yeah, and if you've ever wondered why Mr. Burns rides around in a tank twice in The Simpsons, it's, a, <laughs> it's kind of the only lasting legacy of Michael Dukakis. Poor guy. He's just, he's like, ah, he's just such a Democratic cliche. He's like, he's a, a well-meaning guy who's just gray and boring. Boring nerd. Just such a nerd. You you kind of want to dump his books. Yeah. Even though he seems like a nice guy who's trying to help people, I guess. But a oh, male Leslie Nope who's not on. funny. Yes. <laughs> oh, with with no no enthusiasm whatsoever. It's like you can't imagine him being like really happy. He's like Mister Rogers, but like not fun. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not as droopy dog as Joe Lieberman. No. Video games are bad. Sorry, I'm letting all that bleed in. I just had to get you into the 1980s because this movie that we're going to talk about next from uh, 1988 is one of the most 80s concepts I've ever heard of in my entire it life. It is so 80s. Uh, Bright Liked Big City. Uh, sorry, Michael J. Fox, Kiefer Sutherland, Phoebe Cates. It's, what is it, about a, a small town Kansas boy who leaves, uh, who leaves his hometown to become a writer in Manhattan. Uh-huh. Look, first of all, don't leave anywhere to become a writer. No. And don't no. leave anywhere to go to Manhattan without a real concrete plan and a lot of money. But somehow, <laughs> this guy, an unemployed writer, gets sucked into the Manhattan party scene, which I imagine costs eight times my salary. Uh, but it's it. this, to me, I love 80s New York movies because they're exclusive to that time. Mm. None of this can happen anymore. Uh, let him know, Michael J. Fox. By my calculation, something like half a million relationships end every day in this country alone. What the hell's going on with you, huh? Shut up! How's it going? How's it going? How's it going? That's about 340 broken hearts per minute. But with women like life, anything is possible. Not easy, but possible. Bright Lights, Big City, from the acclaimed best-selling novel. 80s novel. Yeah, this is a very 80s novel. I I remember this, people kind of making fun of this at the time. This, Mm -hmm. This is Michael J. Fox's stab at, like, seriousness. Yeah. In that... It's sort of, you know, a descent into madness and drugs and craziness, but it's like less than zero. Yeah. Is so, it does this so much more fun. With a much more believable character. I don't think I can imagine... I, I can't imagine Michael J. Fox going on an ether binge. <laughs> 
and, and here, here's a controversial statement. Tell me, uh-huh. you can tell me to go fuck myself. Uh-huh. Is it weird that Michael J. Fox's only legacy is Back to the Future? Like, I'm, we're just uncovering all these '80s movies that I've never heard of. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of another classic Michael J. Fox movie, and it's I'm having a hard time. Teen Wolf. He, teen. All right, Teen. Good. I'll give it a Teen Wolf. He was a household name, and I'm like, there's yeah. got to be more to this man in the back than Back to the Future. And well, we're I believe we're in the last season of Family Ties, right? Which is worth a rewatch, folks. That's is a it? that's a good movie. I'm just seeing right now, looking at the credits of this, that the director of photography is Gordon Willis, the Prince of Darkness. They call him. <laughs> he shot Godfather too. Really? Yeah. And uh, produced by Sidney Pollock. Yeah. Anywho, other movie this week that looks fucking crazy. I I I feel bad. I haven't watched this. Uh, yeah, because it seems insane. The Seventh Seal, starring Demi Moore and Michael. Seventh Sign. Seventh Sign. Sorry, Seventh Seal. That's a completely different film. Um, <laughs> Demi Moore and Ingmar Bergman together at last. Uh, but the Seventh Sign. It's a a biblical apocalypse movie yeah. involving the second coming of Christ and the devil. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. Demi Moore's pregnant with one of them, I guess. The time is coming. I can't wait. Two months to go. The signs are beginning. Found this. It's incredible. The seals are breaking. The day is approaching. All right, all right, we get it. But it's seven yep. signs. It's like, I don't know, I have a hard time with biblical horror thrillers or whatever yeah. and then almost none of them hold up very well I think the Da Vinci Code being the one that's done the best mm-hmm. you really gotta be hard in on the on religion for these these premises to click yeah well I mean Exorcist is an outlier on that true but, uh, yeah you're right I mean we had a run of these in the, the early mid 90s end of we, days yeah we've covered stigmata. some of these stigmata uh, the prophecy uh, uh, yeah uh, yeah but I think this one's weird because I I want to say Jesus is an actual character. Yes, well, he is. He's a he's, <laughs> a, right. he's a strange man who uh, ends up meeting Demi Moore, and he might be the second coming of Jesus. Oh, I, I don't know. I haven't seen the movie, nor will I. I was too busy watching the awful TV of this week. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't. I um, yeah. Let's start out with a little familiar theme song. Show me that smile again. Oh, I didn't get the right one. Growing Pains, ladies and gentlemen. Growing ah. Pains airs a two-parter on March 30th Whoa. Uh, called Object, oh, Obscure Objects of Our Desire, Part 1 and 2. A two-parter. Oh. That's got to be special, right? Right. It's a clip show. It, oh. is a, it, is, it is not only a clip show. Double clip I, show. I even looked into people who reviewed episodes of Growing Pains. They hate this episode. It takes place during a garage sale. Oh, and that's all of, so cheap. And the items start talking to one another. <gasps> and then flashing back to situations. But, like, I, I can't think of... Like, a good clip show like The Simpsons or something. Instead of, like, one-minute sequences, it's, like, ten minutes of a flashback. It's... And it has the balls. The <sighs> balls. Ben's ashtray is the one talking to him. He drops it, it breaks at the end, and it just, everyone looks at each other, it freezes, it says, to be continued. Uh, it has the balls to put a cliffhanger in the middle oh of a clip show. God. So that's why this is notable. Fuck you, Growing Pains. That's so dumb. <laughs> yeah, but there's, there's other good stuff on TV. April 1st, the debut of Cheers Bar Wars series. <gasps> Yay! Gary Old, <laughs> Gary's Old Town Tavern. Yes, the gang faces off against Gary's <laughs> Old Town Tavern. Uh, the concept had debuted in the fourth season, okay. but this is the first one titled Bar Wars, mm-hmm. of which there'll be seven more yep. with subtitles. <laughs> Bar Wars. Bar, it goes to Bar Wars 7. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not that familiar with this as a series. I think I remember one or two of these. Yeah, they, they would get into these 
I guess prank wars you yes. call them with Gary's Old Town Tavern, their their rival bar, and they, well, everyone at Cheers is a loser, so they generally lose bad in the end. Um, the place gets I don't know filled with goats or whatever. Well, I think they win in this episode. They're trying to lure people away from um, the Cheers bar into Gary's Old Town with a, with a boxing match being televised, mm-hmm. and they somehow switch the feeds to uh, Cliff and Norm reading poetry. <laughs> yeah, roses are red. It's a blue. I have not. Yeah, it's, I've been a while since I've seen this, but I know it happened. Uh, uh, also, on April first, not a joke. Uh, I know this has its full premiere later uh-huh. in the fall season, but this did happen. If you're a little kid watching TV in the middle of the day, they'd kind of test stuff out for the new season. And I, I found this day, uh, April first, uh, 1988. This aired in some markets. You're not down with Denver the Dinosaur Die? That's a uh, lot of alliteration. But it's hey, you're watching the intro right now. Few things so well, so encapsulate the 80s. Sunglasses. No, he's so that was pretty rad. Canonically, Denver the Last Dinosaur is into rock music. Oh yeah, there he is. He's got he a can, guitar. You can understand wailing. English. The children discover him uh, uh-huh. in a tar pit. He hatches from an egg, fully formed and uh, receptive to English, and they go on adventures for at least two seasons. Uh, but this theme song, it's one of those shows that the theme song is way better than the show itself. I don't think it has oh much of a legacy beyond that. God. But this is uh, hot off the uh, dinosaur craze of the 80s, so um, good good on you, Din. Good on okay, you, Okay, so kids, if you're under, let's say if you're under 30 and <laughs> you want to appreciate Poochie as a joke <laughs> way yes! more. Yes! He has a backwards hat and sunglasses on. And, 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 He's riding a skateboard. Yes! He, he likes to rock and roll. He, he's, we don't see him dunking a basketball, but and when he, close. Whenever he's not on screen, the characters are always asking, where's Denver? <laughs> it does, it, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Holy shit. Oh, my God. That looks so dumb. <laughs> uh, also on April 1st, again, not an April Fool's joke. Um, Breaking Bad isn't the only show to have a episode called Ozymandias. Oh, look uh, upon his works, he mighty in despair? I think so. And oh, you're so uncultured. Uh, I, what? I know it from uh, Watchmen, that's it. Uh, uh, but it's uh, an episode of Beauty and the Beast is ooh. titled that, uh, written by George R. R. Martin. Hey. Game of Thrones' George R. R. Martin, who wrote for The Twilight Zone and Beauty and the Beast before yep. he went on to Game of Thrones success. But in this episode, Linda Hamilton's beauty agrees to marry a man to stop him from building a skyscraper over the underworld of Ron Perlman's beast. Uh, Good on. That's kind of a. Would you marry some? Would you marry somebody to help a friend die? Uh, maybe. Maybe. I guess it's a, yeah. I don't know if I would marry. Well, actually, no. Marrying the developer—that's pretty good. I guess idea. if you're building a skyscraper, there's I mean, kind of a can't lose situation there, depending on the yeah. Prenup. I mean, you're exactly you're helping your friend, and you can take this guy for everything he's got. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's fine. I like that. I was actually just watching a video uh, about like Beauty and the Beast type stories the other day, and they pointed out how this is like the most feminist version, and that like. Hmm. Usually Beauty and the Beast stories, it's like, if you just love him hard enough, he'll become a good person. Or relationships can blossom out of Stockholm Syndrome. Exactly. But she's not trapped by the Beast. She's not trapped by the Beast. She's an attorney. Mm -hmm. She has, you know, a successful day job. You know, she's a hard-charging modern woman. And this guy, Hmm. like, helps her and appreciates her. And they, like, stop crimes and shit together. And, yeah. 
Man, I wonder if it's worth He's, revisiting. There, there is I hated no, this show. <laughs> there is no Stockholm Syndrome. She can just walk whenever she wants. My mom loved this show, therefore I hated it because we were a one TV household. Uh, and I couldn't watch anything else. I don't it's know. It's pretty good, though. Like, I don't know. If I remember, it's pretty good. And Ron Perlman, man. Yeah, Ron Perlman's Ron the Perlman best. Ron Perlman's always good. Uh, heck, boy. Uh, I don't know if I want to play this clip, but it does emphasize how old television is. And this is like <laughs> one of those remnants from the 70s. It is technically a rerun, but I think it's around Easter time. Mm-hmm. And the special. Easter in Rome airs on April 3rd on NBC. Uh, this seems this seems like 10 years removed from 1988. Friday begins with a musical Easter tree as Andy Williams and the NBC kids visit the beautiful city of Rome. Cobblestone Street. Experience the fun Roman style. Holy shit, oh enough. Oh my god. Didn't and we have this last year? Are they rerunning it this? They're rerunning it. But oh my god. Andy Williams and the NBC kids. Hey, look, if you know any of the NBC kids, re- like... Reach out to them for me. I want to talk to the NBC I, kids. I recognize two. Who? Tina Yothers and Matthew Lawrence. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the mop top little kid there. Well, not those two. Matthew the Lawrence. And also, uh, April 3rd, Mario Puzo's The Fortunate Pilgrim. A, oh, okay. a two-night event starring Sophia Loren Ooh. as a widowed matriarch struggling between the American dream and Italian family values uh, during the Depression. Uh, I'm on board with Sophia Loren doing anything. Yeah, and Mario Puzo called this his favorite work. I don't know if that... Is extended to the miniseries, mm-hmm. uh, but but yeah, I think that's significant. The man wrote Superman for fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, and also on April third, we have a TV movie, The Woman He Loved, with yep. uh, Anthony Andrews, Jane Seymour, and Olivia De Havilland. Yeah, Olivia De Havilland still working. She's like, still with us, winning yeah, lawsuits, still, losing lawsuits. Still with us, one hundred and one. Um, yeah. So if you're a uh, bit of an anglophile history dork the woman he loved you know what this is about i don't but you probably don't um this is about the erstwhile king uh edward the eighth and uh how he had to abdicate because he was not allowed to marry the woman he loved who was a twice divorced american who might have fucked von ribbentrop anyway (laughs) they kind of became nazis if you watch season two of the crown they go into how they were nazis Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, they kind of were uh, jerks. But I love thinking the about Nazis? this now. Y- yeah. Mm. Well, and also Duke and Duchess of Windsor. Um, but it's weird to have someone just abdicate and just be like, ah, uh, screw it. Or the King's Speech. If you've seen the King's Speech, that covers mm-hmm. that and then into his brother having to take over and not being prepared for it. Um, it's a hell of a story. And it's kind of fun to look at now, you know, 80 years later and see Prince Harry's marrying a divorced American and everyone's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Oh, and she's biracial. Oh, my goodness. And she's an actress. So much itch. And everyone's like, and yeah, is- okay, he's never going to become king. There's a bunch of people in line, so we don't care. Okay. Except for, like, racists and weirdos. I, I, the more you talk about royalty, the more I get, I just get lost. I don't yeah. know who any of these people are. Eh. Well, we've had one queen for a really long time. I know. It's like the longest her season of Game uncle. of Thrones ever. It's her uncle. Oh. Okay. Okay. I get it. I get it now. Right. Uh, she went to a pub. She went to a pub. <laughs> and they wouldn't serve her before 11. I remember now. She had everyone killed. Um, and nothing for games. That's it for TV and nothing for games as mm. per usual. Apologies, everyone. But we do have some music. Uh, to, we do have some music for 1988, uh, March 30th through April 5th. Uh, Conscious Party by Ziggy Marley and the Melody Makers. Stronger Than Pride by Sade and one of my favorite albums. Uh, He's the DJ, I'm the Rapper by DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince. I love uh, Fresh Prince is not even on the cover. He's on the bo- He's on the back half. Oh. And if you ever listen to An Elm Street Nightmare, the miniseries we did about... <laughs> about nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. That's the theme song. The theme song to the show 
that show comes yeah. off this album. Yeah. A Nightmare, Nightmare. On, my street. on My Street. Will Will Smith's brand of happy rap. Nothing beats that. <sighs> uh, I love it. It's been it. so long. But we are not closing out with that because uh, Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson is number one. Ah, great song. Off of which album? Bad? Bad. Okay, yes. Yeah. Uh, but yes. Watch, I'm watching the video again and being like... I don't, what's the video? Well, I forget. It's. I mean, it's him, but also like important things in history that are happening right now and mm. it's like Lechwalesa and I'm like I vaguely remember that guy <laughs> that's inspiring people watch it now like yeah anyone younger than me is gonna be like I don't know who these people are, are any, is any of these are any of these footnoted in Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire I don't remember half of this stuff that's a good question is there overlap <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michael, contra- Michael Jackson contributed to the fire how about that right. Let's, he's implicit uh, we will close out with Man in the Mirror and we I will see you song. again we will be in 4hims.com slash ttt to try hims for a month today just for five bucks because hims is bringing medical grade solutions directly to the guys in need these are not herbal supplements these are medical grade solutions from real licensed doctors who offer well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions one of which might start with a v get it skip the waiting room skip the awkward doctor visits skip the line and save hours and money by going to forhims.com answer a few quick questions and a doctor will do a confidential review And then the product comes directly to your door. Look, severe ED isn't just an issue for old guys in bathtubs. So so the only shame is not doing something about it. I can't believe they wrote this line down. Hard made easy. That's really good, Hims. (laughs) And once again, you can try Hims for a month today for just five bucks. That'll get you started while supplies last. See the website for full details. And remember, this could cost you hundreds of dollars if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. Once again, to try Hims for a month for five bucks today, go to 4hims.com. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash T-T-T. And that's three T's, baby. Hard made easy. I'm saying it again. This week on Laser Time, the Internet's seventh leading pop culture podcast, the gang is tackling a brand new topic. I don't know if yeah. you guys remember. I was just what out, like, side of the store do you go in on, Dave? The, the right left. side. You go counterclockwise through a Toys R Us. You go in on the right door, mm-hmm. and you the first section is typically the... Babies. I, it's seasonal and sale items, mm. almost always in that entrance. So during the summer, you'd go, it'd be all super soakers. It'd be all like <laughs> oh, kind of portable yeah. pools and stuff like that. And then sale items. Mm-hmm. The next section, almost always, you guys remember? No. Legos? Board games. Mm. Board games on one side, Legos on the other. I, I, I was trying to buy my lady... A few years ago, Settlers of Catan, okay. and I went yeah. to yeah. all these game stores, these independent game stores yes. during Christmas. They were all sold out. And like, you should try Toys R Us. And like, Toys R Us has shouldn't be coming oh. here during Catan season. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, I'll trade you two wool for a wool. <laughs> That's Laser Time. New every Monday on LaserTimePodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast.
coming in with the title track from uh, This Is Hardcore by Pulp. You are smack dab in 1998, people. That is so 1998. Yeah, right in the middle of 1998, March 30th through April 5th. During um, the war between the Pulp fans and the Blur fans. And then the Oasis fans show up and no one knows whose side they're fighting my on. My God, people, the jocks will kill all of you. You must align <laughs> yourselves. Uh, new releases also in music. Let's Ride by Montel Jordan. Sunburn by Fuel and uh, Scott Weiland's solo debut, 12 Bar Blues. Getting Jiggy With It uh, by Will Smith is still number one. Fuel yep. was pretty big in my hometown, if yep. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, they really go for those, uh, I don't know, what do you call them? Short-haired southern rockers, mm. the, your candle boxies. Like, uh. Not always for me, not always for me. You are in 1998, people. You know you're 1998 because the unemployment rate is the lowest it's been since 1970, apparently, in the United Ooh. States. Curse that prosperous president. Oh, everything was going so well for us, man. Yeah. It's a weird period of time. You know, it wasn't going well. What? The movies. Yeah. Not 1998. Not this week. Uh, not a great week for movies. No, there's one I'd like to talk about. But great. great. There's, I, uh, I think one, I know which one. Yeah, there's one big, big failure that everyone's forgotten about. Yeah, because I, I didn't realize how well it did. We'll get to it in a second, because we're going to talk about this garbage. It is called Mercury. The most sophisticated national security code ever created. Once we complete its installation, it's going to be very hard for our adversaries to compromise our communications. And it has just been broken by a nine-year-old boy. What did you get? Yeah, yeah. nine-year-old boy being Chi McBride. Yeah. Got a Nightmare on Elm Street plug. He was, uh, well, not Freddy's dead. He's uh, in uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. He's a kid in, in that. So um, he's like an autistic kid, and yeah. then he's got to go on the run with Bruce, Bruce Willis, Willis has to protect him because this kid has a code in his head, but no one really knows how to get it out um, because of his... Uh, Mercury rising. Mercury rising, everyone. Everyone has forgotten exists. <laughs> yes. There is no reason to remember this movie. It's just No it, one liked it. Again, it has one of those titles that like... What does that mean, and why can't I call every movie this? <laughs> uh, it's just. Does it take place during heat waves? Yes. Maybe? Does it involve? Does it have a thermometer or or weather? You could, <laughs> you could easily call anything Mercury Rising. Uh, an, an interesting movie I I looked into briefly, The Butcher Boy. Right, it's a um, Neil Jordan movie. Yeah, have you seen that one? No. Yeah, but just about it's a supposed to be weird. Yeah, messed up kid on the streets of I want to say Scotland, England. Uh, I can't really. Yeah, remember. probably Dublin because Neil Jordan. But I know you don't want to talk about that one. You want to no. talk about this movie? I do want to talk about this next movie. Yeah, David Mamet's The Spanish Prisoner. Indeed. Indeed, and I uh, starring Campbell Scott and the the reason I saw it. Uh huh. Steve Martin. <laughs> Were you disappointed? As a, yes, as a Steve Martin <laughs> fan, like, what the fuck is this, man? He didn't, he didn't even, he didn't, he didn't scream or fall down once. And like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's just Steve Martin in a serious movie. But it's like the only movie he made for like two years. And I remember we rented it as kids. And like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> my my terrible introduction to David Mamet with the the Spanish Prisoner. Campbell Scott, Rebecca Pigeon, Steve Martin, Ben Gazzara, Ricky Jay. Felicity Huffman. We have no idea who anyone is. Like they say at the airport, did anyone give you a package? You mistrust everybody? Just strangers. You now have a Swiss bank account. Code word Patty. Why? Critics call it David Mamet's best foray into filmmaking. Does Diana call it then? Maybe. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, Homicide's pretty good, but this is, it's a lot of fun. I mean, if you're walking into it not thinking it's going to be a Steve Martin comedy. Yeah. Um, it's one of those good twisty sort of double crossy things mm. that it's like, you know, you watch the first half of the movie and you're like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And then like, then there's a big switcheroo kind of thing. And you're like, 
I have to go back and rethink everything I thought in the first half of this movie. Everything I thought was happening, that's not what was actually happening. And that's that's all I remember from it. Like, why did this dude just show up on a boat? What, what's, <laughs> what is happening here? This is not the funny movie I thought it was going to be. Yeah, but I do love, I always want to give a shout out to Campbell Scott. Who I, I see yeah. almost nothing. Uh, but I the movie Roger Dodger, I thought he was pretty charming. In. Oh. And, and I also love him because when I delivered Chinese food throughout uh, all my years of college, I listen to a ton of audiobooks, and mm. he reads everything by Hunter Thompson. Ooh. And it's he does characters. It's fantastic. He's really, really good. I mm. uh, always have some affection for uh, Campbell Scott. And That's all I know cool. that he's done recently is uh, House of Cards, and he played Spider-Man's parents in the Andrew Garfield Emma Stone series we'd like to forget about. All right. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this is my recommend of the week. Is I, it? Out, out right. of everything. Oh, well, yes. It's, yeah, it's Diana's a lot. Lock of the Week, the, yeah. only thing, the only thing you'd ever want to watch. Yeah, no, it's... it's it's fun. It's one of those kind of movies that's like, this is a good little movie. Why haven't I heard of this movie before? Yeah, yeah I enjoyed this movie. Well, I want I think to share. It, was David Mamet directing that much before this? He'd written a lot of stuff, but he yeah. didn't direct Glengarry Glen Ross. So, no. um, so maybe that was it. His, cause, and then he would go on to like make a movie a year, essentially. Yeah, he's been making movies quite a bit. But none of that. But. None of that can hold a candle to Taco Bell's own. Big, big <laughs> news, though. Mm. The Titanic reign. It's finally over. It's finally over. The uh, sad news is what happened. <laughs> what movie finally did it? Yeah, it's it really sad. Shocking. Let's see if you can get it from the clip. The Robinson family will travel. I wonder what it'll be like to jettison your body into deep space. Do they have a name for what's wrong with you? Wait up, wait! Beyond the frontiers of adventure. Cool. To find their way home. Get us airborne. Hang on! Lost in space. Wow! Wow! Lost oh. in space. Lo- the uh, the first attempt to bring back Lost in Space, and yeah. just just before we jump into this movie, I remember just being a little kid. We got cable finally, and USA is like, we got all this old bullshit you've never seen before, <laughs> and they start promoting the show Lost in Space. I'm like, I've always wanted whatever the show is. I can't wait to watch <laughs> Lost in Space, and and I I get to finally watch it, and like, is there only one set? Yes. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit, this is boring. Oh my god. Like this is premise with a robot, a little kid, and a, and, a, and a gay guy stuck in space. And I'm bored. I'm bored out of my mind. I was so bummed by it. And I, so when I, they started I was a little excited for these TV remakes. I think Mission Impossible had hit so big. Mm. Like everything was kind of on the table. And look at this cast. Uh Matt LeBlanc, uh Gary Oldman, William Hurt, Heather Graham, Mimi Rogers, um and wait, anybody else? Lacey Chabert, who sounds Chabert. she sounds pitched up or something. She man. did. Her voice is so freaking high. And then I remember, I saw this at a dollar theater and like wanted my money back um, <laughs> because I remember that she's got like a CGI monkey pet, <laughs> and the monkey pet sounds exactly like her. Monkey pet, what are you doing? Me 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 me. Oh, monkey pet, what are you doing? You're so funny. I'm like, why do you need to? Have- Everyone needs to die. Why do you need a monkey pet when it's a, there's an established robot friend? You don't yeah. need two of those things. Yeah, and the robot's kind of scarier than it should be, and it it does retain the same look of his name. Yeah. It's not Robbie the robot, no, um, but it has the same voice from the original series, right. and I thought that was a nice touch mm-hmm. for to you know for something terrible to reference something terrible. Yeah. That was a real nice touch. But this, I think, I remember the summer movie season sort of banking on this to be like the big winner right. of the year and it just looked like they had it locked down there was contracts negotiated for all these lost in space sequels oh. and it just fucking disappeared yeah because it's bad it's it's 
I, I would love to watch it again because I know there's probably a, a lot of people with affection for it because mm. what I do remember being an early adopter of DVD, it was mm. kind of one of the first movies there for you oh, from the beginning in a beautiful new line snap case. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Lost I, in Space. They nicknamed it the Iceberg, Diana. Ah, <laughs> As it nice. took down ti- Titanic. After I don't, what, four months? Almost uh, like 14 weeks? Well, I, I, I would read the movie, the, the box office reports every single week it may have knocked Titanic off, but it knocked it to number two. It wouldn't. Right. It won't leave for the entire year, and it will bounce back up to number one periodically. Yep. Oh uh, yeah. Titanic was number one for fifteen weeks, which is the longest consecutive run in history. Wow. ET made it sixteen weeks, but it bounced out. Because it was re-released. Times. No, no. Just oh, it okay. bounced out, and then it came back. And much fewer movies. Ugh. My God, though, Lost in Space is bad, and I know what they're doing. There's got to be a, TV, a reboot online. Yeah, there's I guess. a Netflix reboot. I mean, um, it's a premise. A family. Lost in Space is a decent premise. Yeah, it's yeah. fine, but I mean, oh, dear God. I'm, well, I guess if I had to find one nice thing to say about it, I remember mm-hmm. there's a point where Gary Oldman uh, has some scary makeup on that was really creepy. It was mm-hmm. like he's a spider monster now. <laughs> I'll take it. Okay. I'll take it. If that's what, Every movie in the night, late God, 90s had a spider monster. He's Him and William Hurt are both slumming so hard. In yeah. This. Yeah, this is it's, it's that house money. Yeah. Got to get that second home. But yeah. maybe the uh, bright, you have a brighter future in TV this week, Diana. Okay. Uh, sort of. Uh, 1998, we are talking about March 30th through April 5th. Uh, you might like this episode okay. of Home Improvement because it's called The Right Stuff and it takes place largely at the school newspaper. Oh boy! So, but it, it's a big discussion of journal journalistic ethics because uh, Brad joins a school newspaper, kind of dumb, writes a sports article, and everybody loves him. But Randy's the tried and true journalist trying to do the real work, mm. and he feels underappreciated. The brothers get jealous, but they finally uh, they finally come to terms. Well, I just reread your article and took some shots at it that weren't fair. And you liked it. Well, I thought there were some good things in it. You know, I didn't know our mascot was allergic to cats. Thanks. You know, you're kind of like a modern-day Walter Winchell. The donut guy? <laughs> ah. Ah. I think you love that joke. Ah, that is a joke that is going to go over most viewers' heads. You're right. It is, and it's probably some a man most eight-year-olds won't know, even uh, if they do no. work at the, the school no. newspaper. I'm sure JTT was older than that in that clip. His hair is frosted oh to the my. gills. Jesus Christ. Like a cupcake. Uh, but an even better sitcom news. Mm-hmm. And I keep talking about it just because I, I, I got a HD over-the-air antenna, and for some reason there's a channel that plays nothing but the Drew Carey show which I never loved, but looking back on, and I had this luxury with Roseanne like 10 years ago, like mm-hmm. this show did a lot of really fun things. Yeah. Uh, it was a really fun show. Wasn't afraid to break rules and like do something silly in the name of comedy and did, I think, one of the coolest things any sitcom has ever done on April Fool's Day. Hmm. The episode is titled What's Wrong With This Episode? And it is a straight story. Every, everything is wrong. There are, mm-hmm. there are dozens of things wrong in the background. A character will just appear in a shot with a mustache or... <laughs> Drew's desk will be rearranged there, and so like they promoted this all week. Uh, and here's Mimi promoting what you're in, yeah, because they encourage you to find everything that was wrong and mm-hmm. send in for a chance to win money. Hey. And I'm Mimi from the Drew Carey Show. This Wednesday is April Fool's Day, and to celebrate, Drew's having a contest called What's Wrong with This Episode? Here's how it works we're gonna make a bunch of mistakes on purpose, like way over 50 of them, and whoever finds the most mistakes wins our $25,000 grand prize. Are you ready to rock? 
show you scenes from the Drew Carey show without mistakes and then give you Drew clues, which would explain how things would look if they were wrong. For example, if Drew's glasses were red instead of black, or if he had long hair instead of a crew cut, and here's a biggie! If he looked like Sabrina, that would definitely be a mistake. So get your family together for tonight's tips, because you got to be 18 or older to win. Finally cash in on that quality time your parents are always begging you for. I, I just love this concept. What? Because again, it's so cute. It's just a regular story mm-hmm. with sort of like what he the highlights magazine thing. Like you got to find <laughs> these these hidden things that are that are different. And they showed you the real clips during TGIF, so you know what was wrong. So mm-hmm. I don't know how this airs in syndication. Mm-hmm. Do they air the April Fool's version or the straight version? But still, a cool concept, right? Mm-hmm. Good on you, Drew Carey show. You continue to reward. But my favorite thing that came out this week. Uh-oh. This was my my guilty pleasure back then. I would I would stay home on Friday nights and just froth to watch world's wildest police videos. <laughs> world's wildest police videos. It, I, I never really knew the title. I always called it Fox's Friday Night Fuck Ups because it was just like <laughs> car crashes and people getting mm-hmm. shot. Um, and, yes, but uh, hosted by John Bennell, who you know probably from his voice. Oh yeah. What you're about to see in the next sixty minutes is real, real cops, real crooks real cases everything from state-of-the-art training to terrifying shootouts i love i could not I, getting goosebumps just thinking about how excited i'd get when this would come oh, on I, my favorite thing about this is is the little postscripts on all of them yes where he judges what just happened these couple of turkeys thought they could get away with chicken robbery <laughs> But they're going to a pen of their own. Yeah. You know, he, he'd never let the joke sit. Um, you can see yeah. it. The They'll best... have plenty of time to think about it in jail. In jail. Where in... they're going. And that's that's right John, now. John Burnett, an Oregon sheriff who, who like, you know, Run, Ronnie, Run? Yeah. That's a joke. Like, it's a par- Like, a man gets arrested so many times on cops, he becomes famous and then gets his own show to get arrested on his own. He John Bennell became famous from Cops. Oh, he had so that. many Cops appearances, uh, and it, that he got he had another show and then launched into this one. But a real sheriff, uh, and I, he has a really cool cameo. One of my favorites in um, Bad Santa. Oh my god! Yes, wow. at the very end of the movie, when they're all caught, a cop pops out with a gun. He's like, "You're in for some serious shit," and he gets the curse for the first time. But yeah, I love this show. I can I couldn't believe how little. How many? A few episodes they were because they, yeah. you know, they're kind of all the same. Mm. It's just basically a YouTube compilation uh, yeah. with a, with a good narrator. Uh, but I do love that Family Guy has on numerous occasions mm. used him for some really good jokes to narrate some pop culture car chases. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you uh, what pop culture character this is because you should be able to get it. Uh, Children of the '80s. Theater. At this point, the dinosaur in the back seat pokes his head up through the roof, and the driver places two small children on top of it. Now he's not only endangering his own life, but their lives as well. The driver totals the car and makes a run for it, but the pursuing officers are prepared. Running from the cops, yabba dabba don't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm just so glad. I, I love it when Family Guy does something like that. I'm glad somebody loved John, John Bennell as much as I did. Um, but yes, let's. you can move into some cartoons that aren't as controversial as Family Guy. Okay. Uh, because there was a cool premiere uh, at the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards on April 4th. Uh, before it was its official debut in October, this premieres... One 
fine day with a wolf and a purr. A baby was born and it caused a little stir. No blue bullet, no three-eyed frog, just a feline canine little cat dog. Cat dog. Cat dog. <laughs> Diana, you know the cat dog? Uh, n- not really. It's, I'm I'm aware it exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was in college back then, so this no, is not I, really I my jam. No, I was a little too old to be fully on board. Well, watching the Kids Choice Awards in 1998, but it's a, yeah. created by Peter Hannon, who's also singing the theme song you're hearing right now. He's kind of he's kind of a songwriter as well as a an animator. Oh, that's cool. And uh, yeah, it premiered months early. Before it debuted in October, I don't know how hard the push was for Cat Dog because they even debuted a second season episode before the Rugrats movie as well. So Whoa. like, Cat Dog was all over the place. But eventually, run for four seasons and uh, almost seventy episodes. So good on you, Cat Dog. Hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, like, let us know in the comments how it holds up as far as Nicktoons go. Is it as good as Rocket Power and Danny Phantom? I just said words. Diana has never heard nope. before. Nope. Um, but Sorry. also, cartoons like most people will agree on. Uh, I know I don't know if people consider this era of The Simpsons the classic or golden age, but this is an episode I remember. Um, I you, think. Do you know what season we're in? I feel like we're in transition. Uh, no, I don't. I, nine. I, I think season nine. Okay, I think this is where some people some people defend the season, and some people say we jumped the shark because we're past Armin Tanzarian. Yes. So and some I remember, people point at that one. I remember I don't think that's watching correct. this live, and I, just for the premise, the trouble with trillions. And for, I think I remember this. Right. One. You there's there's something in this episode. Episode that everybody remembers. Truman authorized the one-time printing of the largest denomination currency ever, a trillion-dollar bill. Ooh, a trillion-dollar bill! That's a spicy meatball. Now <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you know, remember what happens to the trillion-dollar bill? Doesn't it end up with Castro? It ends up with Castro. Right. That's yeah. you see. Now that's the part that I remember yeah. because, like I said, I'd, I'd only been in San Francisco a couple of years, but I loved the joke of like, "No, America loves me. They <laughs> named a street after me in San Francisco. <laughs> it's full of what?" <laughs> that would have been the better clip to get. Uh, I totally remember that. That's such a specific joke that I just felt like, oh, they did that for me. Thank you. But that is your highlight for TV this week. Um, yeah. Diana, we're going to move into games. All right. Of which you might have no opinion of, but I'll, I'm going to try and I'll get you interested. My, I'll work on my snack then. Because, um, <laughs> okay. no, no, not on the mic. Eat my granola bar. Because yeah. um, I'm going to want to get you excited here. One, we have All StarCraft. Right. The premiere oh. of Blizzard StarCraft. The premiere of StarCraft? The debut of StarCraft, yes. One of the most important games of all time. I it's, feel bad I'm eating now. Yeah, it sold over 11 million <laughs> copies, and that's in the heyday of piracy. Wow. Uh, the whole world knows and plays StarCraft. Uh, but that debuts this week, a sci-fi real-time strategy game by Blizzard, obviously. It is weird to think about a launch that big because it, it didn't even come to consoles. And that means there's like, right. there's I always, try, I always try and find promotional material, none of which exists in 1998 because there wasn't really online trailers for games all that much. Yeah, it's like, yeah. hey, play a demo. Um, but yeah, StarCraft, one of the biggest games ever. 1080 snowboarding for um, a Nintendo first-party game for the Nintendo 64. And a game called Blasto which I mm-hmm. have always wanted to play in full. Mm-hmm. And this is why I think you'll be interested, Diana. Blasto is a kind of superhero parody, really garishly polygonal, <laughs> but it has it's the person who plays Blasto, the star of this game. I'm happy to know that somewhere out there is a, a giant a disc filled with voice work from this person. Let's see if you can guess who, who this is playing Blasto. Grab a mop, there's gonna be guts on the oh. ceiling. 
Who was that? Uh, ah, it's Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman. Uh, unsung role of Phil Hartman as Pla- Blasto for the PlayStation <laughs> 1. Now, has Blasto killed any Korean gamers? That's the real question. <laughs> I don't think you can play it that long. Did you see, did you see I the feel like awful frame rate? Has StarCraft killed people? I'm pretty sure it has, right? Uh, I, I think it's... Yeah, it, it, I mean, not killed people as in, like, they died by StarCraft. Somebody might have right. died of starvation or left a baby star. Yeah, yeah. Um, One of them. Yeah, it's, it's huge all over the world, though. Or just, um, like, they drink so many energy drinks because they're on, like, a 40-hour bin- bender, and they're, like, 20, and they have a heart attack. And I just yeah. want to say to gamers, and this has been pointed out more articulately by other people, like, Blizzard is so good at making games, it's mm-hmm. made so few. In 20 years, there are two StarCrafts. Yes, they have a bunch of expansions, and they technically release StarCraft 2 and 3 in, like, a triple pack. Wow. But, like, yeah, they make, like, one game every five years, and it takes a hold of the globe. Fucking amazing. Uh, But that's it for the video games. We're going to go out with What You Want by Mace. This is on the charts this week, but when we get back, we're going to talk about some 2008. Stay there. Girl, I want to give you carriage till you feel you a rabbit. Anything in your path, once you can have. Walk through the mall, if you like it, you can grab. Total it all up and put it on my tab. And then tell your friends all the fun you had. Tell me what you want from me. Mr. and Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And hey, double Walter Winchell reference this episode. Yay! Anyway, for the week of March 30th through April 5th, we have one of the reasons I love doing this is when I find out something came out on the same day, I, I just, sometimes I just can't believe it. So, so... 50 years ago, this week, 1968, I could go off about Voyage to the Planet of Prehistoric Women, uh, because it's got Mamie Van Doren in it, and it's got uh, an awesome title. I could go off about The Party, uh, the Blake Edwards movie, which, even though it has Peter Sellers doing brown faces and Indian guy, is still actually pretty funny. If you can get past that, it's still pretty funny. But the big one is, yes, 50 years ago, April 3rd, 1968, we have two movies coming out, and they are both sci-fi landmarks. I can't believe this is on the same day. Number one, Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey. Now, I personally, I find it really boring and I feel like that's kind of the point. It's slow. I have never tried watching it with California Medicine, for instance, Um, but I really like it if I can fast forward because I feel like it's going to the moon in real time. But the effects are amazing. I mean, it's 1968 and the effects are just as good, if not better, as the ones in Star Wars like 10 years later. So it's an important film, even if I don't love it, I I still appreciate it. And if you haven't watched it, worth a watch. And then I'm going to open up the classic corner again uh, to let Chris in. Chris, don't sit on any of my stuff. I'm, Hi, gonna let I'm you not in. supposed to be here. I'm going to let you in. Don't touch any of my stuff. Okay. Don't crush anything. Okay. But I have to tell you that this week is the 50th anniversary of Planet of the Apes. Oh, Planet of the Apes, one of the bigger sci-fi movies of all time. Yeah. Arthur P. Jacobs, Planet of the Apes, written by Rod Serling yeah. and some other people. Starring from, from, Heston. The, from the Pierre Boulet novel, Pierre yes. Pierre Boulet, uh, the monkey planet. Yeah. This movie rules. It's amazing. You know the twist ending, but watch it anyway. They put it on the DVD cover. I, I don't know of many other movies that That's wear a spoiler on their, on their cover. Uh, but yes, 
Yes, Planet really of the Apes. really obsessed me, but I, I rewatched the original Planet of the Apes, um, I don't know, maybe six months ago or something? It's great. And it, it really is good. It's great. If, it uh, is if really good. Remakes... I almost feel like it's a Rocky... Like It makes me think of like the Rocky series, mm-hmm. where it's like, when you think of Rocky, you're actually thinking of Rocky 3 and how cheesy yeah. it is, but the original's great. I kind of feel the same way about Planet of the Apes, yeah. where it's like, they start descending in quality, but if you go back and just, just watch the original... The way it's paced, the way the characters interact, and you're like, "Damn, this is good." But you gotta watch it the first one just so you can watch Beneath the Planet of the Apes, the second movie, just so you can enjoy the weirdest sequel of all time. <laughs> it is very, very strange. It spawns yeah. so many tropey things, and they blow up the entire universe. Yeah, they get they get weirder and weirder. Yes, and I do appreciate that. But the original is just kind of perfect in its compactness, and the, I mean, the makeup is really good. All the acting, the fact that Kim Hunter and Roddy McDowell can act under all that makeup and oh, still yeah. like emote. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're great actors. Right. But. Ah, and the only Planet of the Apes movies I would recommend are The Fifth and Tim Burton. Stay Ooh. far away from that one. Uh, all, all the new ones are so good. Yeah. So good. I'll leave Classic Corner now. Thank you. For okay. Me in. Bye, You're welcome. Don't touch my stuff. Uh, so that's it for this week. I mean, two, two pretty important, I mean, two seminal science fiction movies. That's for damn sure. I can't believe they're released on the same day. Like, how, how do you choose? Um, so yeah, if you haven't seen 2001, I feel like you probably should, whether or not you like it, that's your call. Uh, repeated viewings, I think help make it make a little bit more sense and Planet of the Apes, just fun across the board. Uh, and that's it for this week. Stay classic. in with I Got Mine by the Black Keys off of uh, Attack and Release. Oddly enough, released this week. Ah. In 2008, people, welcome to 2008. March 30th through the 5th, our final segment on 302010. Uh, we're talking a little about music right now. We got new releases from Moby with Last Night. You have The News by Nazareth, uh, Still the Baddest by Trina, April by Sunkill Moon, X by Kylie Minogue, We Weren't Crazy by Josh Grayson, and Troubadour by George Strait. Love in the Club by Usher is number one. Hey! That is one thing that's kind of amazing as I go through all the number ones for 88 Mm -hmm. or yeah, 88, 98, 2008. We go through so many. I mean, it changes like every couple weeks. Like even even in 98, we thought, oh, my heart will go on. We'll be on forever. And it was like three weeks, four, maybe. Yeah, I thought it was a long time. And then in 2008, they just all stick around forever. They do. It, it moves really slow. Yeah, Flo Rida has finally been unseated. He, yeah. It, he might have been there the longest, he other than Whitney Houston. And then uh, sneak preview into 2009, mm-hmm. there's going to be one band with two songs that is going to dominate for half of the year. Really? Yeah. I can't. And it's not going to make you happy. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, uh, it's no- Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> <laughs> not much of this makes me happy, because there's uh, to, to bring you in with a little bit of news in yeah. 2008... I think right around this time, um, I, w- I wanted to corroborate this, so I don't want to say for sure. Mm-hmm. Walmart and uh, Amazon are overtaken by iTunes as the leading place seller of music. That's, yeah, that's, that's about right. And uh, yeah, because iTunes is relatively new. And um, 
I, I think this week, MySpace, <laughs> mm. just so you know it's 2008, MySpace yeah. announced that it would start selling music. And like I've never, it's one of those things that Facebook never ate, that your profile on MySpace could have a song playing that's mm-hmm. officially released by the by the record companies that yep. you're using on your page. And I haven't seen that replicated on any other social networking site. Maybe it's annoying. I don't know. But I would kind of discover music by going to people's profiles. Huh. Uh, right? No? Not a big MySpacer? No. I was Friends never, of Forever? I was never on MySpace. Really? Never? No. I was never on any social media until Facebook. Really? Yeah. What made you get into Facebook? Uh, college? No. No. Post-college. Actually, I joined Facebook probably around this time. I think I just had my my little ten year anniversary pop up. Stalking an ex boyfriend? No, no, no. Um, I want to. Oh, former classmates. I think I wanted to mm. keep track of like college friends. It used to be good for that, which I haven't done very well. At I want to see. They're all mixed in with like all the laser time fans and like ex coworkers and people I met like once and we had a great conversation. But like they live in Vancouver, so I'm never going to see them again. I mean, yeah. Facebook has become kind of the thing if I'm out and about, like, I don't give anybody my number. Mm-hmm. They hit me up on Facebook. It works the same, and I might check it before my email. You never know. Yep. Uh, but, yes, that means, if we're talking about MySpace, that means we're in 2008. March 30th through <laughs> April 5th, 21, the Kevin Spacey Blackjack movie is yep. number one at the box office. We do have some uh, new contenders here. Um, I did see Shine a Light, Martin Scorsese's documentary on, or not, can you call it a documentary? It's a concert film. It's a concert film. One of several mm-hmm. movies he's made with the Rolling Stones, not counting how many times he uses Gimme Shelter in I, movie. <laughs> there's something I think is beautiful about Martin Scorsese's unabashed love for the Rolling Stones. Yeah. It's why I went to go see this movie, just because I love Scorsese. And I'm pretty okay with the Stones, but like, he... I can't. I don't know of another director like hey, I'm going to use like six of their songs in this movie, and this one's in, in this movie. The Rolling Stones song is going to play four times. The <laughs> same one. He loves the Rolling Stones and is yeah. not shy about it. No. And uh, made this movie with a special appearance by Bill Clinton. Wow. Um, but yes, pretty nothing totally notable unless you're a big Stones fan. Well, I'm a pretty big Stones fan, and I feel bad. This is one of the like three Scorsese movies I haven't seen. I've mm. very diligently gone Kundun. through all of them. I love Kundun. Okay. Hey, Kundun. Well, Shutter like Island? Haven't seen the Shutter Island? Shutter Island, I think, is the only fiction movie of his I haven't seen. You haven't seen The Last Waltz? I have seen The Last Waltz. That's what I was going to bring up. Is That's mm-hmm. one of the best concert movies ever. Is it? But it's like a final performance. So, like... Yeah. I love it. It's, it's, I mean, it's the band, but there's also, like, the staple singers are there. And Van I think Morrison. Buddy Waters is there. And Van Morrison's there. Like, everyone is freaking on fire. And just something about the way it's shot just feels like really warm and, mm-hmm. and interesting and lively. And so I feel bad that I haven't seen Shine a Light because it's like, this I've is everything I like. Haven't. This is everything I like and more. Uh, but yeah, not, movie's not making a, a big dent uh, yeah. this week in 2008. The Ruins, a horror movie I have not seen and know nothing about. Uh, vines Kill People. Vine, uh, Nim's Island, uh, a Jodie Foster starring family comedy about a female adventure writer who is okay. eventually called in to be on an adventure herself, but she's kind of a shut-in. Best-selling adventure writer Alex Rover has sold millions of books to fans all over the world. And she's done it all without ever leaving the house. Are you always like this? Like what? Scared to get out and touch the world. I only played this because I love Jodie Foster, Mm -hmm. and I love it when people use the Brazil trailer music (laughs) and things. Uh, Like like Wally, which also, yeah, yeah, uh, like right around this time. But yeah, I think it's it's kind of a three amigos scenario. A girl uh. loses a family member who is on an adventurous island and like only 
this writer who knows everything about adventure can help me. Oh. It's for kids, and I don't yeah. think it performed that well, but it did get a straight-to-video sequel. Nim's yeah. Island, if we didn't say it already. Uh, a movie I thought was interesting, uh, but I always think this guy's movies are interesting. Uh-huh. I like the movies of George Clooney quite I a bit. generally do. You didn't like this one? I haven't seen this one. Um, I feel like I should. This is Leatherheads. Mm-hmm. I feel like I should because I do like throwback comedies, mm-hmm. and that's very much what this is. The, ni- the football players <laughs> of 1925, George yeah. Clooney, Jim, uh, no, John Krasinski, and uh, Renee Zellweger. Let me ask you a question. You like playing football? I love playing football. For a special breed of men called Leatherheads, the rules were simple. You hit anybody that comes near him. There were no rules. Yeah, kind of the, uh, the growing up of football and the idea that, like, what we're learning about CTE. Oh, man. And the title references just like these ascent, not helmets so much as hats. Yeah. The hats these football players are wearing as they pound the shit at yeah, each other. Yeah, there's basically no padding. We, uh, there's, there's a little bit of padding. It's not unbelievable. Really. <clears throat> it's, oh, man. When you think football is scary now, mm-hmm. it's pretty much just keep going back and see what the pads get smaller or see like <laughs> the um the uprights being like right at the end zone line so you could run into them you know now it's sort of like it's at an angle so that the base of it is set back that used to not be the case there used to be freaking poles that you could run oh. into it's terrifying well, it's l- just yeah they're wearing leather hats and this is but this is like George Clooney's monuments men it's not a bad movie it's just not mm-hmm. a remarkable one i never feel I never feel terrible coming out of a George Clooney movie. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, uh, Good Night, Good Luck is fantastic, yeah. probably his best, and he, he just seems to like want to make movies like the Coen Brothers, but yeah, he falls a little does. short, but like it's still worth watching. I, ha- I still haven't seen Suburbicon, because I've heard that it's like two oh, yes. okay movies, and they get smashed together into a not good movie, mm, which is a uh, Well, maybe you'll dig on the final movie we're going to talk about that I really did mean to see, because it sounds I so interesting. I feel so bad I haven't watched this. I'm so sorry. Uh, Son of Rambo. Yeah. But spelled more like rainbow. Well, because of legal reasons. It's because of legal reasons. You are going to be the stuntman in the film I'm making for screen test. I am the son of Rambo! You want to be the son of Rambo? Promise me you'll put these things out of your mind. Son of Rambo, uh, two two schoolboys with from different backgrounds set out to make a film inspired by the movie First Blood. Uh, <laughs> good on you, kids, because that movie is pretty fantastic. And I I don't know I don't know what era it's set in, but it's I can see a kid being obsessed with that movie. I think it's set in the early eighties. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's so like I kind of want to watch this as a, a double feature with um, the documentary about the kids remaking Indiana Jones. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I feel like that would be a lot of fun because I've I've seen the uh, the kids cut of Raiders of the Lost Ark, but I haven't watched the the uh, the documentary about how they made it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, like, oh, we we saw this making over. We put, you know, they they make a plaster mold of someone's head and they made it out of wax, and that's how they <laughs> melted the heads. So they get plaster, but it's not like medical plaster. It's like wall plaster, and they put it on their friend's face. And it, <gasps> it like literally like no. rips his eyelashes. Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> he's got he's got uh, what's it uh, like straws, straws up his, his nose, nose, and he starts flailing around, and finally like writes nine one one. That's like oh my god! I can't believe what a wuss I become. That sounds like yeah. a fate worse worse than death. Yes, I I, I want to watch Son of Rambo, Rambo to see. I, there, I'm sure there's a point where something like that happens, but I mean every review of it is that it's really heartfelt. It's really charming. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a dick that I haven't watched it. I only had a limited time to watch stuff for episodes. Me too. But I just I saw the title I when this one. I'm when sorry. going through this list, and I'm like, 
fuck, it's been 10 years since I mean, I know what this is. I meant to see that. Because yeah. I, I can see how a kid would be obsessed with Rambo because I like saying this revelation to people. Hmm. Uh, the first Rambo, first blood, is essentially Predator. With, huh. Without the fun alien hook and he's killing real people. So is Brian Dennehy in, in, from an outer space? Yes. I mean, there's oh, part no. where he disappears in the woods and uses uh, worldly devices as acts of survival and to kill mm. his prey. Right. Like it's, but it's just not as fun. And as I think, I don't know. I, don't, I think you, I, you can show a kid predator. You probably should think twice before showing first blood mm. as a traumatic award, traumatized homeless man kills a <laughs> bunch of sheriffs. And I say that trying to be sensitive, but Sega put out a game less than five years ago. That's just a first person shooter as Ram Rambo, the game. Oh, uh, we streamed it. YouTube.com slash laser time, but that's it for television. Uh, that's it for movies of 2008. Yeah. But have, because, because we, uh, we shirked our responsibilities. If you've seen any of these movies, talk about them in please, the comments. Please tell go them, to bat for Tell them. us which one turns, does it turn out Nims Island's a good kids movie or yeah. Or I mean, Son got, of Rambo. Should I watch it right now? It got a sequel. I get it confused with that. Brendan Fraser, Oh, the rock starring Journey to the Center of the Earth. Is that, that what it's one? called? I forget. Uh. The, the trailers look the same to me. They run together. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of the funniest things ever. Speaking of April Fools, which we did in the previous segment, mm-hmm. Adult Swim. Yeah. On March thirty first, goes crazy with April Fools. <laughs> uh, they they have been marketing a Family Guy marathon uh-huh. on March thirty first. So at midnight, fuck you. It's the Aqua Teen Hunger Force colon movie film th- theaters. Like it's oh. like it's barely a year old, if that. Mm. Uh, you there's only way to watch it right now is buy it on DVD, and they just without telling anyone screen that movie <laughs> on March 31st. So on April 1st, they keep running bumpers like, "Aha, you missed it! Thanks for the ratings, <laughs> chumps. We're not doing we're not running Aqua Teen on actual April 1st." But what they did instead, they marketed something else, and I don't know of any other channel doing this before. But I think you remember what Adult Swim did last this April. Mm. Last April 1st. No. Everybody was wondering when the third season of Rick and Morty would premiere. There was no date Oh, right, right, right. And they're just like, here it, here is. it is. It's streaming tw- for 24 hours. Yeah. This thing that we've announced no date for. Yeah, it's streaming online and it's constantly streaming. you got to wait for it to start over yes. again. You can't just play it whenever you want. Yep. Oh, um, that was so cruel. It was so cool. Like, unannounced, <laughs> like, it. I think, it even cool, if you don't like Rick and Morty, I think it's like the number one thing on cable. I said cruel. Cruel. <laughs> it's both. And then only to announce a release date later. So right. here, and what they did this time, mm-hmm. we technically have like three Adult Swim premieres because they just dumped, they just dumped unfinished work as a premiere months in advance of these shows' actual premieres. Some of some of them were rough animatics because they weren't done. Oh my god! So on on April first, uh, you got in a row at the, like twelve o'clock. Fat guy stuck in the internet two months before it premieres. Adventure Brothers, the Doctor is in the uh, with an unfinished first segment this, from the third season premiere that is months away. Uh, Delocated, a pilot they would eventually reshoot, uh, premieres today. Super Jail, un- unfinished series premiere, premieres today. Um, Young Person's Guide to History, a miniseries premiere uh, one month early for Metalocalypse, Death Wedding. <laughs> Uh, Robot Chicken, four months early, and Moral Orals, third season premiere, four months early. Oh, my God. Without telling anyone, <laughs> they, they just dumped their whole lineup. And it's at one forty-five in the morning. Exactly. I love Adult Swim. <laughs> I love Adult Swim. Uh, this oh, is... Should we apologize now? We're not doing April Fool's, are we? Oh, I, for- I forgot all about it. No, no. Yeah, but we do I have some really it. good April Fool's stuff in there. I think I'm going to I'm gonna link to our previous April Fool's. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just say right now, I don't know if we can top last year's April Fool's. Was, is it the one that ended with Brit Bass Jazz? Yeah. 
I was don't remember soo- what it was. No, it was Soothing Jazz, uh, and it was the years uh, 30, 20, and 10. <laughs> That's right. It was really uh, hard to research. It was it was really hard to research. It was all me. I wrote the entire thing. I and, tried. And, I mean, come on. We got Dave, Dave's impression of Bill Murray's impression <laughs> of Richard Burton. <laughs> I love. And getting to sneak in uh, the song lyrics, uh, Suetonius is wrong, everything is fine, 30, 20, 10. Bam. Um, yeah, it was it was all classics jokes. I loved it, but not an April Fool's joke. Uh, no. ABC General Hospital celebrates its 45th anniversary. Damn! Congratulations, General Hospital. And uh, this I remember as a notable episode on April 2nd of South Park. They mm-hmm. could have gone the April Fool's route, but did not. Uh, it was the episode called Canada on Strike. They're tired. Canada's tired of being a whipping boy. Uh, goes on strike. <laughs> Good Meanwhile, for them. the boys make a viral video. Mm-hmm. And remember, this is 2008, April 2nd. Uh, the boys go to register their viral video and walk into a giant room filled with other memes. Uh, hi. We made a really successful thing on the internet and we'd like to collect our money. Take a number and wait with everyone else. Chocolate Ray. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know you. You're the what what in my asshole kid. What what in the butt, sir? It's Tron Guy. I saw him on YouTube. Yeah, sure. All the biggest internet stars are here. You remember, of course, Numa Numa. My And the Star Wars kid. And the internet sensation, cute sneezing panda. <laughs> and there's dramatic look gopher. So I don't. I found this awesome. I was working on the internet. We were big proponents of the internet being mm-hmm. this new medium to take seriously. And somehow this felt like it was legitimizing, I don't know, what yeah. was happening on the internet. On television now, we are recognizing these things that have never met the airwaves yet mm-hmm. Jimmy Fallon wasn't there to make things specifically for YouTube and mm-hmm. I don't know it's like it, it felt like the internet hitting mainstream because South Park if nothing else is really good at responding to trends and yep. things that are rising in popularity See, it's funny that my mom my it's, mom loves South Park really yeah my mom really likes South Park but this is the kind of episode where it's like all of this is just going right overhead oh, exactly she is no she's just well, like that's... she thinks that a bunch of these things are made up and they're random gags as opposed to no, I'm laughing my butt off because I love dramatic chipmunk. Yeah. He's not a chipmunk. He's, he's, he's a prairie a dog? He's a, yeah, he's, he's a prairie a dog. No, he's a prairie dog. You're right. Prairie dog. He's um, so dramatic. But yes, yeah, South Park. Uh, that's a good episode. South Park, April 3rd, Misguided Bows, a uh, ABC sitcom starring Judy Greer as a guidance counselor ah. who works uh, for at her old high school. It only ran seven episodes. But Judy Greer. Yeah, but, you know, the nerds out there are going to shed a tear over Legions of Superheroes. Ends after two seasons. Uh, young Superman uh, centered around a DC superhero team up thir- in the 31st century no. uh, based on a comic of the same name. Uh, I don't know. I was reading about like there was some dispute over who owns Superboy. It technically uh, Superboy is in the future. I don't want to get into it because all you'll end up doing is correcting me in the comments. Why don't you just tell me what's up with Legion of Superheroes? But a long history of a uh, <laughs> DC great DC shows canceled after two seasons. Hmm. Um, animated shows, mind you. I'm not a fan of their live action output. No. But that is it for television. You got uh, games this week, Diana. Mm-hmm. Games. Mr. Driller Online, baby, hits Xbox Live. I love Mr. Driller. What, what does he do? It's easy he drills. He's like a puzzle game. Oh. It's a, it's a single screen puzzle game. I love it. It's a cute as hell and candy colored. Flat out head on, an arcadey spin on Car Rex, and uh, Brothers in Arms, Road to Hill 30. I don't know what's up with that series, but I thought it used to walk hand in hand with Call of Duty. But Brothers in Arms never left World War II, and mm. so it got left behind. Mm. Uh, and meanwhile, Call of Duty is back in World War II. As uh, our 
Our society continues to eat its own ass. Uh, any, <laughs> anyway, anyway, that is it for 302010, folks. Leave a comment at 302010.net or lasertimepodcast.com. Follow the Laser Time Network on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, yeah, or Diana on Twitter. Yeah, I'm on Twitter. Let's uh, talking about movie type stuff at Le Cine Nerd. And I'm, I'm there at Cantisa, but I rarely ever go on it. No. But yes, we are supported by Patreon. Patreon.com slash LazerTime. For the price of a cup of coffee, you can ensure that our network continues uh, to, I don't want to say flourish, but eat. How's, is eating okay? I, I hear it's good. That you. we continue to eat, that we continue to pay rents. Um, it really does help us, and we appreciate everybody who uh, chips in once a month to help the LazerTime network keep going. That includes this show. And uh, in exchange, we give you a show bonus time. Uh, next show, uh, an ad-free, uncensored show uh, that is only for patrons every single week. And, of course, we have a ton of full-length movie commentaries, video and audio commentaries that you can check out uh, right over there. Hundreds of them if you wanted to watch uh, movies like UHF or Blade. Ooh. And you didn't want to do it alone. You want to do it with friends in your ears. Um, it's something awesome we do with uh, patrons. So thank you guys so much uh, for your support. Diana, what are we up to now? Uh, births and deaths. Births and deaths. Let's go to the... Well, let's go for the deaths first. Uh, 1998, we lost Rob Pilatus of Millie Vanilli. He was 32. He died by suicide. Yes. After a lengthy drug problem. Yes. Um, Fab made it out okay. Fab, Fab seems to be okay. <laughs> uh, and then in 2008, now's your time to grab it from his cold, dead hands. <sighs> My God. Because Charlton Heston passed away. He was 84. My God. Uh, Charlton Heston, a very, very interesting human being. Yeah, interesting is a good word for it. I'm kind of, in some ways, I'm sort of sad that he passed away before we had a black president because he was very pro civil rights in the '60s. It, it sucks that, but his, it seemed the, like maybe not as much as he got older. The last but few, was, for my generation, the last few years of Charlton Heston's life tended to find him. Mm-hmm. But when you read about what that dude did in regards to civil rights and doing the yeah, right thing, absolutely early on when nobody else was doing it, it sucks that he has that final NRA loving period of his life. Uh, yeah. But, I, but I think a really interesting guy and made some pretty wonderful films. He's a very distinctive actor. That's yeah. true, too. I know, don't, was, we don't have distinctive anymore. He's, that's, you know what's funny? You can impersonate older actors like yes. him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Damn dirty ape. My God. Yep. Uh, but you know what's awesome? Yeah. He's dead this week. Yep. We'll talk about him again uh, next week. Yeah. How about that? Oh. How about that? Anyway, folks, uh, now it's got to move on to... With it? With it? With it? With it with the deaths, we must go to rebirth. Rebirth. And it's time for b- 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 birthdays. Oh, birthday is a birthday. Who was born this week, Dean? Well, since it's just you, I feel bad to make it a birthday quiz, but uh-huh. I kind of have to for this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to see how many things I can list before we figure it out. Oh, I'm my hands because he has, he's uh, turning 60 mm-hmm. this week, and he has 345 Whoa. IMDb credit. 60, you said. He's turning 60. This, okay. So, born in 1958. 58. All right. He's Canadian, by the way. Okay. Uh, his films include Rock and Roll, Felix the Cat, Cool World, Napoleon, Space Jam, All Dogs Go to Heaven 2, Ed Wood, Wacko, Wacko's Wish, The Chimp Channel, Alvin and the Chipmunks Meet the Wolfman, Balto 2, Wolf Quest, Inspector Gadget's Last Case, Claws Revenge, Hey Arnold Frank Movie. Tom and Jerry, the Magic Ring. Good guess, though. Uh, 101 Dalmatians 2, Patches London Adventure, Team America World Police, Balto 3, Wings of Change, Felix the Cat Saves Christmas, oh Mickey, God. Donald, and Goofy, the Three Musketeers, Comic Book the Movie, Pompoco getting read up. Bill Farmer. Uh, 
Jim Future, Cummings. Futurama, Bender's Big Score, Bender's Game. Uh, Maurice LaMarche. Maurice LaMarche. Oh, I got it. Okay, thank goodness. Yes. Futurama, you were holding that one out on me. I, that guy's in everything. I blew past Ed Wood. I thought that would give it to you. <laughs> Wait, oh, oh, he does. Oh, he, he does, does Orson, Orson Welles' voice because Vincent D'Onofrio sucked at it. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, thank you, Di. Maurice Lamarche, who's like, he seems like the nicest, funniest guy. Yeah. Like every interview I've seen with him, or, or like he does commentaries for the critic, and he just seems like I want to hang out with him. He's like a big bear. I yeah. just want to hang out with Please him. Please let me just do impressions. You want to pay me? Fine. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, anyway. Hats off. Happy birthday, Maurice LaMarche. That Yay. is it for 302010. We will head out with Kylie Minogue's in my in my arms. Come and see us next week, people. We'll be in full on April. 